this morning from the book of Jonah, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, if you'd like to follow along. The Lord's word came to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to Nineveh, that great city, and declare against it the proclamation that I am commanding you. And Jonah got up and went to Nineveh, according to the Lord's word. Now Nineveh was indeed an enormous city, a three days walk across. Jonah started into the city, walking one day, and he cried out, Just forty days more, and Nineveh will be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast and put on mourning clothes, from the greatest of them to the least significant. When the word of it reached the king of Nineveh, he got up from his throne, stripped himself of his robe, covered himself with mourning clothes, and sat in ashes. Then he announced, In Nineveh, by decree of the king and his officials, neither human nor animal, cattle nor flock will taste anything, no grazing and no drinking water. Let humans and animals alike put on mourning clothes and let them call upon God forcefully and let all persons stop their evil behavior and the violence that's under their control. He thought, who knows? God may see this and turn from his wrath so that we might not perish. God saw what they were doing, that they had ceased their evil behavior, so God stopped planning to destroy them and he didn't do it. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Grow with God, grow with others, and grow in service to the world is the statement of faith that you and I share in our time in ministry here at St. Luke United Methodist Church. This morning we're continuing to look at that statement as we think of it in terms of the Great Commission, the commission that Jesus placed on his disciples in Matthew 28, verse 19, which he told them to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, telling them all that I have commanded you. And so each week, if you'll remember with me, we've looked at different ways that you and I as individuals can engage in our own spiritual practices or faith so that as we grow, our community of faith grows. We grow in the things that we do. We grow in the witness we offer. We grow in the study we share and our worship and our service and everything else because we recognize that there's no one thing in the spiritual life that we are to do in order to grow, but it's all the things that are interconnected that help us to come together individually and as a people together and as a church community. So it's not just one that we look at, it's not just one that we do or emphasize, but it's us recognizing that everything comes together and makes us complete or whole as we strive to be who God called and created us to be. So our personal growth can be linked to our service, it fuels our service, our study can fuel our witness, our study can fuel our worship and other things, and so we recognize that it comes together. And so this week, as I was thinking about our topic or our area of focus of a spiritual practice, was witness. As I was reading the scriptures and thinking about it, as I was thinking about this sermon series uh, a couple months ago, for me, I settled on the story of Jonah. Which I don't know if necessarily it's a sermon that we often read when it comes to thinking about witnessing. Jonah's a story that, that you and I look at and many of us know. Because it's a very common story. Maybe it's the most common story of the Bible. 
I don't know. I do know that we can go and find children probably in other places that don't have as much contact with the church that have at least heard portions of this story through a movie or something else. I know I learned it as a child. In fact, about a year ago, I was at my home church in Las Cruces and they have this mural hanging that we painted, I think, when I was about third grade. And I didn't, until I was working on this sermon, I'd forgotten, but... I must have been responsible for painting the the Jonah story because there's this man kneeling in prayer and then there's this weird looking grayish fish slash whale, whatever shape you want to give it. And it has a red background. I don't know why I picked red, but, um, but I remember that. And I remember the story. I remember learning it young and we remember it because we know how it goes. Because it begins not with, not with Jonah, it begins not with an action of Jonah, but it begins with an action of God. Because Jonah 1.1 says, the word of the Lord came upon him. And then the rest of the story is essentially his response, isn't it? Instead of going to the great city of Nineveh, Jonah went the opposite direction. The people of Nineveh were enemies, and so it wouldn't have been natural for him to want to go there. And so he headed south to the Mediterranean Ocean, to the shore there, where he bought himself passage on a ship to take him across the Mediterranean to Tarshish. We know the story goes, the boat is hit by a major squall, a storm, the sailors drew lots, and it landed on Jonah. And they said, what have you done? And he told them. And so the sailors asked forgiveness of God and said, if we're killing an innocent man, please don't hold us against us. And they threw him in the water. The waves and wind ceased. Jonah was consumed by a fish or a whale where he spent time in prayer for three days recognizing that he was banished from the Lord, yet even in his banishment he looked to God. You know, that's a part of the story that I hadn't planned on looking at. But it's interesting to see in Jonah's story that even in his banishment, when he knew that he was running from God, when he knew that he was doing everything in his power to not be the person that God wanted him to be, he still turned to him. In his banishment, he turned to God. And so that gives us encouragement that wherever we're at in our own spiritual journey or our walk of faith and life, we can turn to God and God hears us. Can't we? Because in the story of Jonah, it says he was banished. He was in the stomach of a whale. He was surrounded by whatever. I don't even know what's in the stomach of a whale. But he was praying in his banishment, yet God heard him. And God heard his prayer. Because the story continues and said God had the fish spit Jonah onto the shore where the word of the Lord came upon him again at the very beginning of chapter 3 and he immediately set out to Nineveh. Where he told them what was happening. He said, you must change your ways or you will be overthrown. And they repented. And God spared them. And here's where the story gets interesting. Because we often don't spend a lot of time in chapter 4 of the story of Jonah. But I think we have to understand what happened before so that we can talk about chapter 4. Because Jonah sets up camp on a mountain overlooking the city of Nineveh. 
See, I kind of envision it in my mind, and maybe I'm completely off, that Nineveh's kind of got a mountain range around it, and they've got fields going one direction, and it's just this really big city. And so Jonah's gone up here, where he's kind of made himself a, a structure, because he's hanging around to see the fireworks. Because what did he go there for? He went there to warn them so that God would destroy the city. I don't know if Jonah had the faith in believing that God was going to save the people of Nineveh, As God intended. And so I don't know if Jonah went. Because he thought it would happen. I don't know to the extent that he shared his message. Or if he just went into the city and he said. Repent the kingdom of God is at hand. Well it wouldn't be the kingdom of God is at hand. Because that's Jesus. Um, If he went in and he said. You know you're about to be overthrown. Turn from your ways and seek the Lord. And then he just walked out. I mean we don't know. But what we do know is that they heard the word of God. And they repented, and the king repented, and that Jonah went to the top of this mountain to watch the fireworks. Because he believed that it wasn't enough. He believed that, that the people of Nineveh deserved to die. And so he had set up in this place, after offering them the word of the Lord to see what happened. And in fact, the scripture in chapter 4 says that Jonah became angry. And that God became angry with him and asked him why he shouldn't be concerned for Nineveh. Because Nineveh was a part of God's creation. And nothing in that city deserved to die. It was God's decision. And it was the people of Nineveh's decision to take this message that they had received. And do with it whatever, in whatever fashion they decided. See, I looked to this passage this morning. Because in a lot of ways, that's essentially what our sharing our story or witnessing is about. It's about telling our story. It's about living our story. It's about receiving this story that God has given us. And then having the faith and the willingness to share it to others. Offering our story, telling our story, telling how God has has transformed our hearts and our minds and our souls to where we're a different person than we originally were before we encountered God. To where we can point to our life and say, here's where we are because of the grace and the salvation and the freedom that I've been given by God through Jesus Christ. See, Jonah's story intrigues me. Because of his anger. I mean, he took the word of God to the people of Nineveh, and yet his response was not joy. But it was anger because he had made this assumption that what they could do was not going to be enough. And so instead of life, he was bringing them the word of the gods so that they could have death. See, because he looked at Nineveh, And he'd already made up his mind of what had to happen. And I think for me, the reason that this story is so intriguing, this part of the story, it's because of the determination that he's made of what is right and wrong. And perhaps his story resonates with me and with us, because once we get past the storm and the whale in some way, We share Jonah's anger and indignation and frustration that God would indeed have the love and willingness to offer His grace to all people.
to people that we and our sinful selves perceive as not having done enough. To people that we perceive as not have have accomplished that which they need to do. See, Jonah's story is so like ours. It's just God hasn't called us to go. Because it's easy for us to look at the story of witnessing and the story of Jonah and thinking about it and thinking that we have to go. To leave El Paso, to go somewhere else. But maybe we have to consider that our Nineveh is here. In our community, in our families, in our city, in our state, in our nation. Maybe we don't have to go to somewhere like, I don't know where an enemy would be. Um, You can go to Washington, D.C. They need the word of the Lord there. Um, But I don't know if we have to go. And instead, what we can see is that God calls us where we are at. Because if you look in the book of Acts, and if we read Luke's letter to Theophilus that we now have as the book of Acts in our Bible, it says in verse 9, I think, that the Holy Spirit is given to us so that we can witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. So that we can be the presence of God and the people of God wherever we are at. It doesn't say we have to go. Now we recognize in the scriptures and in the New Testament that people are called and commissioned to go and to carry the gospel message to the reaches of the earth, but It says that the Holy Spirit is given to us to be there in Jerusalem or to be wherever else we are and happen to be. I think the reason that we don't share and witness the way God calls us to do is because we're in fear. We're in fear out of the response or we're in fear of the belief that that we're going to be in the wrong place or at the wrong time. Or we weigh ourselves to to see whether the situation is right or wrong. Or we say that God's going to give us such a clear, uh, you know, such a clear sign. In order to prompt us to get us to act. See, Jonah fled. Because he believed that the Ninevites were beyond God's saving grace. And it's our temptation to do the same. It's the spiritual you know, battle that goes on within us when we look at the things that we have and we look at the community that we're part of and, and when we're told that we don't have enough. But see, the book of Acts says you have enough because God's given you and me the Holy Spirit so that we can serve as His witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. He's given us the Spirit so that we can share and so that we can be guided and directed and offer these words of our story. It's nothing, you know, elaborate. But it's just sharing how God changed our lives for the better. Or how God helped us to to make it through a difficult time when we needed comfort and love from others. Or how God helped us to to share this gift of grace or uh, of good things in our lives with others that needed to hear it. And really it's about how we received the Holy Spirit and shared it in places like Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria or even our Nineveh 
wherever that is and whatever it may be. See, God called Jonah to go. But in the book of Acts, Luke says that basically the Holy Spirit gives us the gift to go where we're at. And to be the people that we need to be and to be the church that we're called to be and be the disciples that God has created each of us to be. Nineveh's not somewhere we have to go. Nineveh's somewhere we can go. But our Nineveh is here. It's today, it's now. And it's us sharing this story of faith and life and hope that God has given us each day. Amen.